I'm going to call to order the meeting of the Senior Center Commission. This is Thursday, October 19th. It is 4.04 p.m. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start introductions, and then we'll move this way around. So my name is Angela McConville. I'm Senior Center Chair this year, um, and I've been on for a couple terms. I am the at-large candidate. I'm Warren Paris, and I have been on the commission here for uh, a few months. Looking forward to uh, the progress we're coming up with. Lee McKnight, I joined the commission in January of this year. Same with me, except my name isn't Lee J. Gilchrist, <laughs> and a citizen. Uh, Nancy Strogny, uh, I joined the commission in August. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, Kristen Crumrey, staff. I'm Sarah Gardner. I'm the Climate Action Coordinator for Iowa City. I've been with the city for about three years now. Latasha Deloach, um, Senior Center uh, Staff <laughs> Coordinator. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to agenda item number two, the minutes of the September 21st, 2023 meeting. Uh, I hope everybody was able to review those. Those were in the packet. I'll take a motion to approve the minutes. So move. Minor corrections. Oh, minor corrections. Uh, That's okay. My name is spelled C-R-E-S-T a couple of times, and it's C-H-R-I-S-T, Gilchrist. Anyway, that doesn't bother me too much, but thought I'd mention it. And then uh, under the operational overview, LGBTQ, the L should be capitalized. Those are pretty minor, but, uh, you know. Important. I like names spelled correctly no, in our that's official important. document, so that's good. Um, I will take a motion to approve the minutes with the uh, suggested changes that Jay just recommended. So moved. All right, moved by Lee McKnight. Second. Second, second by Can Jay. I second? Yeah. Yeah. Um, everybody who approves, say aye. 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 Anybody not approve the minutes, say nay. All right, they pass unanimously. Um, I'm going to move on to agenda item number three, public discussion for items not on the agenda. This is the recurring agenda item where we invite our members of the public up to the mic to um, communicate anything they've they wish to to our group and there is no members of the public so we will move on to agenda item number four climate action coordinator presentation we'll welcome sarah gardner here from the city of iowa city well thank you so much it's a real treat to be here today and actually um i have to say the slides i'm going to show you today are hot off the presses we just finished them this morning so you're the first to see the updated deck um, I'm just going to run through a few notes on the programs that we uh, have a touch point on in our office, and then I left time at the end for questions, because I find what you all have to ask is always more interesting than anything I have to say. Um, but I'll say, uh, to start off, as you know, I'm Sarah Gardner. I mentioned I've been with the city for about three years. That is roughly how long the Climate Action Division has existed. And uh, we do a number of things in our office. Um, the first one is that we keep track of the greenhouse gas inventory for the city. This is something we do on an annual basis. Um, and part of the reason we do this is to figure out what are the most significant sources of emissions in Iowa City so that we can take targeted action. 
One of the things I often tell people when looking at the graph you see here is that our greenhouse gas emissions inventory makes a better compass than speedometer, um, which is to say it helps us figure out what actions we need to take. Those actions, um, you know, last year we put insulation in um, many dozens of homes in Iowa City. We won't actually see the cumulative effect of that in our greenhouse gas inventory for many years. And because we're doing so many programs at once, it's hard to figure out exactly which one is having the effect. But one of the things we know about climate change is we need to be addressing it on multiple fronts. So rather than do just one thing and wait to see it in the graph, we take the approach of doing many things. And that's because the city has a fairly ambitious goal of achieving a 45% reduction of greenhouse gas emissions by 2030. And if you look at this bar graph, you can see that dotted line running right through the middle. That's the 45% reduction goal. Um, and even though the lights are a little dim on the projector, you'll see that actually we've been sitting right around that goal for the last several years. We briefly achieved it in 2020, in part thanks to fewer people driving um, in the early days of the pandemic. We went back up in 2021 as things came back online. And now in 2022, um, as of our last uh, calculations, we're right back at that again. So that's really good news. You know, that tells us the 2030 goal is very realistic and gives us a few extra years to work on our next goal, which is to achieve net zero emissions by 2050. Um, the other thing I always like to point out in this graph is you see the pie chart um, on the far right that shows the rough breakdown of the sources of emissions in Iowa City. And you'll see that the largest source of emissions by far are buildings. And that sometimes takes people by surprise because buildings don't have tailpipes. We don't often think of them as a source of emissions. Um, but what that means is the energy that's consumed in those buildings. So uh, the electricity and natural gas we use to heat and cool our buildings, to power our lights, to uh, run the projector that lets me show this slide to you. Um, so a lot of our programs, as you'll see on the next few slides, are focused on reducing emissions in the building stock. After that, a little less than 20% of our emissions comes from transportation, how we get in and around town. And then only about 3% of our total emissions comes from waste. And I always like to point that one out as well, um, in part because before coming to Iowa City, I worked as a recycling coordinator. And so I have a big heart for recycling. But I also think it's very important to note that recycling alone is not going to get us where we need to be. So what are those programs we have? Well, first and foremost, hopefully you've heard about this. We every year sponsor a Green Iowa AmeriCorps team that performs free home energy audits. Anyone in Iowa City can request that they come, even if you've had an energy audit before. Um, they'll do what's known as a blower door test, where they pressurize the home and then they find the sources of air leaks around the house because anytime you're leaking air, you have to spend more energy to reheat that air uh, that's lost and compensated for. Um, and so they do um, over 100 different audits across the city each year. While they're there, they will also go around where they find those leaks and weatherize windows and doors. They'll, um, they can wrap pipes. They've got a number of interventions they do that can provide immediate benefit to the folks who are living in that home. And then they also provide a list of suggestions for some bigger things they will want to do. 
One of the biggest things that we really encourage homeowners to do is add insulation to the attic. That is one of the largest things you can do personally to address climate change in your own home. Um, the Environmental Protection Agency estimates nine out of 10 homes are under insulated, which isn't great. So we got a lot of work to do to get that insulation up to par. The good news is for income qualified households, we have um, for the last year and again this year now, um, are running a grant program where we will pay the cost in full to put insulation into your home and to air seal it and provide proper ventilation so that we're guarding against molding issues as well. And I think actually one of my favorite bits of feedback that we got all last year was um, a gentleman who had this done in his home and he said, he sent an email that began with the phrase, holy smokes. And it was, he said, uh, I thought I understood how insulation works until you came and put it in my attic. He said he had had a home heating system that just ran all the time and he just assumed that's the way it was designed. And when he cruised into winter last winter with that increased insulation, he heard his furnace turn itself off for the first time, which is amazing. So it came incredible cost savings to him. It's a big benefit to the budget of his household and also, of course, then a benefit to us in helping us reduce emissions. Um, other things we do include promoting ways that uh, folks can take advantage of the um, rebates and incentives available under the Inflation Reduction Act to do things that aren't just increase insulation in your home, but also um, there are incentives available through the federal government right now to upgrade your home heating system, to uh, upgrade your water heater, to increase the capacity of your electrical panel, to support uh, electric vehicle purchases. Um, and even to change out things like drafty windows and exterior doors. Um, so, um, and solar. Oh, I can't believe I almost forgot solar. Everyone's favorite thing. So we go out into the community and we talk about what dollars are available. Um, how do you go about applying for those tax rebates? We have this handy worksheet and I even brought some copies with me if anybody wants to take one home that actually talks about like all of these are available for the next 10 years what's the best strategy to maximize your benefit? Because there's an annual cap on them each year. So we went through and figured out, if you do this first, you're gonna get the biggest bang for your buck in terms of energy savings. And then in the next two or three years, if you take these next steps, you can work your way down through the worksheet and that way get the maximum amount of benefits available to you. Um, and we also organize volunteer events. So on the left-hand side of this slide, you see groups of volunteers who participated last year in our neighborhood energy blitzes. We do these each year um, around Earth Day. And what we do is organize morning and afternoon volunteer shifts to go into a targeted neighborhood and go door to door, dropping off kits that contain energy saving devices and information like the uh, worksheet that I just handed around. Um, and at the end of the day, in the afternoon, we send our second group of volunteers out to collect the boxes back up because we put a sticker on the top that says, you know, take the stuff out of this box, put your used light bulbs and batteries in them. We'll come back around in the afternoon to collect them and we'll take them off for proper disposal. In the last three years, we've collected hundreds of pounds of light bulbs and batteries that way from residents. So it's always a fun and popular event. Although I will say, I think it gets a little colder every year we do it. This year we actually had snow. So hats off to these brave volunteers who showed up anyway to walk through the neighborhood helping out. 
On the other end of the spectrum, the other volunteer event you may have heard about, um, we ran this summer, was our Spot the Hot campaign. We uh, won a grant from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, um, to provide training to local volunteers to attach uh, temperature sensing devices to their vehicles and drive around predetermined paths three times a day on one of the hottest days of the year to help us figure out what parts of the city were hotter than the others so that we can be thinking strategically about things like where we're going to plant trees, um, how we might in other ways help with the built environment to help cool down areas and where there might be disparities where some of those hotter areas of the city may be overlapping with areas where we have folks who um, are uh, on the front lines of climate change in a variety of ways. Maybe they have lower income, maybe they have higher health disparities. Um, so we really wanna be aware of the built environment. And it's so great that we had so many volunteers turn out to help out with that. Um, we actually just recently got the first draft of the map back that NOAA helped create from that uh, information. And then they'll be helping us review it. So we're looking forward to putting that up on the website soon and talking about ways we're gonna really put this information to use. Um, see, there is no chance of me forgetting to talk about solar because we have a whole slide dedicated to it. We often get questions about um, solar in Iowa City and what we're doing to promote it. And there are a number of things we've done. One of them is at the beginning of the year, we worked with our neighborhood and development services staff to go through the code. Um, and I should say they went through the code and we applauded them for doing it to um, try to clean it up and make it a little easier and a little more straightforward for people to put solar on their roofs and also to see what kinds of incentives we could offer. So as part of that process, we built in a density bonus for new construction where any um, large multifamily residences that go up in Iowa City, if they agree to put solar panels on the roof, they can add a few extra units as an incentive. Um, we offer grants that help put solar panels on the roofs of businesses. In fact, this top one, it's so hard to tell one building from another when you're just looking at the roof. But the top picture is actually a picture of the warehouse used by Adamantine Spine, a moving company here in Iowa City. They took advantage of that graph or grant to put solar panels on their roof. And then the one just below it, this is, talk about these things being hot off the presses. This is um, the solar array that was put up on our public works building that just went live a couple weeks ago. Um, and we have a web page set up where residents can go and see how much solar energy is being generated on a daily basis on that building. Those panels don't look like much compared to the size of the roof of that building, but they're actually a large enough array to provide 100% of the needs in um, normal operating circumstances for the public works building. So we're working on putting solar on public buildings, we're working on putting solar on private buildings, and we're working on making it easier for residents to put it on their own homes. What are you gonna do with all that good clean energy? Well, we hope one of the things you're gonna do is consider buying an electric vehicle. Um, we've done a lot of work in our office to help promote electric vehicles and to answer questions. Folks have a lot of questions about these vehicles um, when they're trying to decide whether or not it makes sense for them. So we talk about um, the incentives that can help you buy it. We talk about the benefits, um, including that it costs about a third as much to power an electric vehicle as it does a conventional gas-powered vehicle. Um, and one of the things that I'm especially proud of is we offer incentives to help apartment buildings and condos put in electric vehicle charging stations. And the reason we do that 
is because 80% of charging <coughs> happens at home. So um, we talk and think a lot about uh, public vehicle charging stations, and we certainly get questions about them. Um, before we started offering this rebate, one of the things we did was work on a plan that just took a uh, high-level look at how many electric vehicle charging stations existed in the area and how many we realistically needed. Um, this is going to get a little nerdy, but one of the things we knew from that report is that, on average, cities um, should aim to have about 450 charge points per 1 million people living in the city. When you adjust that number for the number of people living in Iowa City, which is a little over 70,000, and you adjust for the number of electric vehicle charging stations we have, Iowa City has the equivalent of about 650 port points. So we're doing really good on our public charging, and that means we can concentrate on making sure renters have the opportunity to charge vehicles at their home the same way that um, homeowners do. I'm, I say I'm proud of this. I'm proud of it for a number of reasons. One, it's something that not a lot of cities are doing yet. We're actually leading the way and uh, having a program like this. And two, as some of you may be aware, uh, the state of Iowa recently implemented a law where we have to charge a tax on char uh, electric vehicle charging at public stations. And we want to make sure that that's a tax that renters aren't being asked to pay and homeowners aren't by virtue of owning a garage where they can charge at home. So we uh, not only under this program help defray the cost of putting in the electric vehicle charging station itself, but we also pay for half of the installation costs in part because one of the other things we found as we were um, doing our report is that installation actually often costs more than the charging unit itself. And so that's the thing that actually holds back more charging stations being put in. And we're hoping to address that. Um, of course, electric vehicles are one solution among many, and one of the things we often talk about our programs is we're trying an all of the above, right? An electric vehicle may not make sense for you or your home this year or next year. We hope it will at some point in the future. Um, but we also want to be encouraging uh, Iowa City as a place that is very walkable and bikeable and has good transit options. Um, and so many of you are probably familiar with some of the programs that we've been working hand in hand with our transit department on this year, um, including the fare free pilot where now all the buses in Iowa City are free. Um, and as you can see from the little chart on here, that's resulted in a pretty dramatic increase in the number of people riding the buses. That's great news for us. Um, one of the things in Iowa City's uh, climate action plan is a call to increase transit ridership by about 50%. When the pandemic hit, as you can imagine, not many people were all that excited to ride the bus. We actually saw a pretty deep dive in ridership that did not come back even as um, we entered year two and year three. And so by uh, rolling out the fare free pilot, we uh, hope to increase ridership somewhere between 20 and 60%. And we've actually been pretty consistently seeing 53% increase in ridership across the board, which is higher really even than we dared hope. So that's super exciting. Um, we also do a number of things to help just promote transit overall because it's one thing to be free, right? Like you don't have to really sell people on the idea of free, but sometimes you do have to sell folks on the idea that transit is safe and enjoyable to ride as much as driving a car. So you might have seen during Climate Fest we had 
um, bus stations or bus stops, I should say, around the city decorated. We contracted with local artists to do that. We had a celebration with live music down at the Transit Hub um, to just thank writers for doing their part in contributing to our climate action goals. And we uh, promote other forms of transportation as well, including, you can sort of see at the very bottom here, we recently partnered with the library to purchase a book bike, which is an electric assist cargo bike that they can ride around to events carrying books. It's sort of like a mini bookmobile, and it's even equipped to let them sign folks up for library cards. There's a little stand where they can put a laptop, and there's um, when you open the lid, there's a place where they can keep stickers, so we gave them some climate action stickers to take along with them for that. Um, as I said, I just want to touch briefly on some of the things we do. Um, we do have so many projects going all the time. It's really amazing and really a credit to the wonderful staff that I work with in my office and as the city as a whole. Um, you know, I often point out the electric buses we have are great. We love promoting them. That really is to the credit of Darian Nagel-Gam, Nagel the director of our transit hub, um, because she, like all city employees, know it's the responsibility of every city department to be contributing to our climate action goals. Um, and if you name a department, I can tell you exactly what they're doing and how we're helping to assist with it. But more fun than that, I think, is to sign up for a newsletter that we send out once a month, and it talks about all the great things that are going on in the city and opportunities to be involved. And it has our cute climate action mascot here, Goldie the Goldfinch, uh, that helps us get the word out. So that being said, I'm so interested to hear your questions. Is there anything I can answer? Jay, I saw you taking lots of notes. <laughs> I'm wondering about this building and what's the climate impact? Have, has there been a measurement of uh, heat loss, uh, cooling loss, whatever? Uh, and certainly, hopefully that will be addressed in the, the renovation plans, but I just wondered if you could say anything about, about this particular and other public buildings. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things our office does is uh, keep track of all the energy usage for all of our um, public buildings. And uh, Daniel Bissell, our analyst, um, provides one-sheet reports that shows uh, the energy usage on average over the last five years. It shows how it fluctuates from season to season. As you can imagine, with an older building like this, it is one of our less efficient buildings in the city fleet. But with the upcoming renovation, um, I know there are many plans to do things to help increase the energy efficiency of that program. And of course, uh, we're happy to contribute to those conversations as well. Um, I think actually we may even have some money earmarked um, from the climate action emergency levy, which unfortunately is going away in the coming year um, as a result of some other changes at the state level. But we still have some funds left over. Some of them are earmarked to help with the renovation of this building. So can we still grab some of that money before it goes away? <laughs> <laughs> I've got some set aside for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for yeah, for us. Uh, there's been uh, a few people here and who have done workshops and things that have been climate ambassadors. Yes. And uh, is that an ongoing program? And uh, how do we publicize that? How do, when does it begin? And how long of a process is it? That sort of thing. 
Well, I'm so glad you asked. Um, yes, so we have a climate ambassador program. I think to date we've trained over 70 climate ambassadors in the community. It's a program that takes a deep dive into the climate action plan, looking at what are the specific actions called for in each of the sections. Um, we have, an, I, I can't call her new anymore, she's been with us for a year, Me uh, Megan Hill, our uh, climate action engagement specialist, um, who's in charge of running that program now. And she actually is in the process of giving it a little update. We've been running it for about three years. That's a, enough time to sort of figure out you know, what's working and what's not. And in particular, we wanted to be a little thoughtful about how we transition it from being based entirely on Zoom, since it was a program that started during the pandemic, to something that can incorporate some field trips and some in-person meetings. Um, and so we are anticipating offering another round of that probably early next year. Um, a great way to find out when it's happening is to keep an eye on our website. Um, you can either go to the webpage icgov.org slash climate ambassador, um, or you can sign up for the newsletter because we advertise it there. And I actually think we send out a press release too. So when the time comes, you will know for sure. And what, where do you find the newsletter? Can you go over that again? The yeah, um, you can sign up for the newsletter on the city's website um, where you can sign up for other newsletters. It, I will say I find that portal a little confusing in all honesty. Um, so if you're interested in signing up, um, just see me afterward. I'll get your name. We can make sure you get signed up. Lee. I ride the bus a couple days a week. When will the entire fleet become electric? That is another thing we're working on. Um, you may have heard that um, one of the things Darien did was secure an EPA grant that's going to double our electric fleet. So we have four buses now, we will have eight. Um, the grant also pays for a conversion or the construction of a zero carbon transit facility, which is really great news. Um, and it'll be an exciting building, but also it's something that has to happen before we can expand the electric bus fleet any further. Um, basically, the location it's at now. Um, it's kind of funny to say the doors aren't tall enough for more electric buses. Um, we're sort of at capacity for the electrical capacity for that site. So when the new facility is constructed, which is a few years out, that will then open the door to purchase more electric buses. The nice thing is, as we run the eight electric buses we're gonna have in the meantime, um, those buses with the grant funding we have tend to pay for themselves within about three years. And after that, you start being able to tuck money back for future purchases. So while the building is being constructed, um, we'll be saving up money that can go toward purchasing more buses. I can't give an exact date to when the entire fleet is gonna be turned over, but I will say, one of the other projects we're working on in our office right now is we're working on a fleet transition plan for the entire city fleet. So not just buses, but we're also looking at all the light duty vehicles that city staff do. We're looking at snow plows, forklifts, refuse trucks, um, police vehicles. And uh, we've got it charted out, I wanna say through 2040. Um, and the complete transition should happen, I think, a little shy of that, but that's if we stick to the plan. You know, EVs is an evolving field, so I think there are many gears turning on that, but we do have our sights on a fully electric fleet. Where's that new location? It's gonna be down by the Public Works building. 
And then it'll have solar panels too. What suggestions do you have for us strengthening, strengthening our, deep, our uh, partnership with you all? Oh, well, I will say I love being invited over to attend your commission meeting. This is wonderful. I want to extend the invitation for you to attend our commission meetings anytime you'd like. The Climate Action Commission meets um, the first Monday of every month um, from 3.30 to 5 in city council chambers. Um, you can find that schedule on our webpage as well. Um, and I would just say reach out anytime you have questions. We love coming over. We love bringing... Uh, if, you see new programs that we're rolling out and you have questions about them, I'm always happy to come talk about it. Um, and you don't have to wait for meetings. You can always call us up in our office or check out our website. We've got many pages of resources available there. And that's icgov.org slash climate action. And if you go to the icgov webpage and hover over government, and then find Climate Action and Outreach. That will take you to the page as well. And right on the left-hand side is Climate Action e-newsletter in a big, giant green box. So if you click on that, you can go ahead and sign up for that newsletter. Um, I will say, just as one other note, hopefully you all got one of these in your mailbox uh, last month. It was a mailer we sent out talking about climate action events that were happening as part of Climate Fest. But it all has, also has uh, information and web addresses for a number of other programs we have and a copy of the um, worksheet that I passed around about uh, making the most of those federal incentives. So if anybody didn't get one, I brought some extras and I'm happy to hand them out before I go. Or you can take them with you to somebody who doesn't live in Iowa City and brag about it and say, look how awesome our city is and all these different things we're doing. Iowa City we is very lucky to have a team working on this. Um, as the person who works for the City of North Liberty and lives in Oxford, our county representative on this group, yes, I'm very envious <laughs> having you guys focus on um, items like this within the city. It's really important to set the bar high for yourselves and then be able to wrap you know, your services around the community itself. Um, I do have a question about housing stock. So you talked a lot about like existing housing stock and aging housing stock, You know, putting insulation and helping people with um, weatherize their homes. But do you also then work with new housing stock? Are there higher expectations of new houses going in? Does your building department go in and make sure that they have the insulation that's you know needed to keep the new housing stock going so we don't have to go back and fix those later on. Um, we do, yes. Our, so our um, building inspectors do go and make sure that the insulation that's required to be there is there. Um, some of you may recall a few years ago, Iowa City was looking into adopting a higher standard energy code than exists at the state level. We found out from the state that that was not going to be allowable. Um, and so one of the things we have been doing a lot of work on is looking at incentives to help incentivize building to a higher standard for builders. Um, and in fact, um, come January of next year, we're going to be rolling out a partnership with the Home Builders Association where we are offering an incentive for builders of new residences to build, um, to get their construction HERS rated, which is a rating system used by builders and realtors to talk about how efficient a home is. 
and we're offering a financial incentive to any builder that scores a 52 or better, um, which means that those homes will be about 50% more efficient than a typical uh, new home would be, which is really exciting. And um, I'm the part I'm super excited about the most is uh, part of the partnership with the Home Builders Association is we're also going to sponsor all of the Iowa City entries in the Parade of Homes, getting a HERS rating, and we're going to give a special prize to the builder who has the best score overall. So we're interested to see just how good new construction can be here in the city. I love me some healthy competition. <laughs> um I just did want to mention that I appreciate like the equity part of making sure that apartment dwellers and renters have access to EV charging stations. That's really, really cool of you to do. And I just did want to mention that, you know, having and and putting those into apartment complexes is an economic development tool here. So, you know, it's growing our workforce so that no job goes unfilled. It's, you know, making it more appealing for employers to settle here if, if this young new workforce who appreciates new technologies and is really um, has their ear to the ground with climate change you know having them move here makes them more appealing so that's really cool one of those things that's popped up in in some of the presentations um, by the grannies here and the climate ambassadors uh, is uh, and it deals with solar power in neighborhoods and i don't know if this has ever been considered but around the world there are certain places where they're having like neighborhood cooperative solar grids where you can buy in you know you can buy a share or whatever or you, the, the neighborhood can allot shares with people to to have a, a solar bank in the community and i don't know if that's something that could work here but it really sounds exciting to me in terms of localizing the economy, localizing the uh, power grid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, so what you're talking about is community solar. That is something that's of real interest to us. It's called for in the Climate Action Plan. Oh, I sort of feel like this is something I've said a number of times. Unfortunately, it is not currently allowable um, under state law. Well, more specifically under the um, tariff that the utility has, Mid-American Energy. But we are in regular conversation with representatives at the state level to try to figure out um, how we can change that. Um, our staff actually tra traveled up to Des Moines back in August to meet with the state energy office and spent a morning together brainstorming ways that we might be able to move the needle on that. Um, the state energy office was in the process of applying for a solar for all grant, which is federal funding that's available um, under the Inflation Reduction Act as well to put in place things like community solar programs. And so um, we talked about the barriers that to exist to it in our area specifically and uh, advocated for them working more closely with us to be able to overcome that. So. It's not something we can do right now. It is something we're very interested in and working very hard on trying to remove the barriers to it at the moment. How can we as citizens help? Like, um, is there a certain effort or is it Iowa Environmental Council or is it uh, some effort that's, that's underway to influence <laughs> the state um, legislature? I guess it is, but not only the state legislature. 
Yeah, I would say even even better than the state legislature would be reaching out to the Iowa Utilities Board and talking about how, as a mid-American customer, you are interested in having community solar opportunities. Um, and I think it always helps to hear from folks, you know, not just us saying, boy, we'd love to offer it to residents, but for them to hear from actual residents saying, yeah, we would love to buy into this. Anybody else have questions? All right. Well, thank you, Sarah, so much for coming and talking to us. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thanks, Sarah. You are welcome back anytime. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, let's go ahead and move on to agenda item number five, operational overview. This is Latasha. Good afternoon. Make sure I'm speaking to the mic. Um, I just wanted to give you all a couple of updates on a couple of things that are happening in the building. A lot of them are specifically um, program related, but um, from a building standpoint, um, we um, have started the process to start getting um, people informed about future bidding opportunities for the exterior part of the building. Just a reminder that the exterior part of the building is split into two um, um, phases. Um, one will be looking specifically at the masonry work, and the second part is looking more at the windows. So that's where we'll start seeing some of those uh, climate um, opportunities is the windows because our windows are past their time <laughs> so we're pretty sure that there's some things going on there <laughs> in regards to heat coming out and in um, through our windows um, and so we'll begin hopefully sometime early next year starting to look at the interior parts of the building which is going to be looking at you know the HVAC systems and 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 uh, different systems like that plumbing etc electricity so um there's obviously some opportunities there as for programming um and i'll actually let Kristen, if you don't mind talking about this a little bit, um, we have a senior center ambassadors program coming online which has been in the work for a couple years now <laughs> a couple years now um that we were have been trying to uh get going here um, as we have a very small staff but we have lots of members and public in the building and so we wanted to create a volunteer opportunity for um, members or public folks that are connected to the senior center to be able to provide tours to be able to be just another welcoming person in a building as we having different folks at a higher level coming to our community to retire we need a little help so we've created a program called senior center ambassador's program Program, but I'll let Kristen speak a little bit more to that. And could you also um, add about the new member um, luncheon that's coming up too? So um, you'll notice in the program guide that uh, is out just this week, they were delivered yesterday for November, December. There is a highlight about the ambassador program. Um, so the, there's kind of three roles that we're um, putting out there for volunteers to consider. Um, one is to be a greeter. They'd be sort of set times when you can sign up for shifts and work um, probably on the third floor is where the station is going to be. So you can greet people as they come into the senior center and direct traffic, as it were, and um, potentially show people around and give tours. 
Um, and then the next opportunity would be a set time for tours um, that people can sign up for, um, community members who might be interested in joining. Um, and then the third option is for uh, program guide distribution. We have uh, local businesses and offices that we uh, would like to get more program guides out to. So it'd be an opportunity um, a couple every other month to um, drive or take the bus around to uh, deliver those program guides. Um, so we also, in kind of conjunction with this, have uh, some new volunteer software that we're rolling out. And so um, this will be an opportunity for people to use that software for the first time. Pretty excited about it and be able to track hours. So um, yeah, we're excited that it's, it's I think it'll be a, a great volunteer opportunity for, for folks. Um, and then we're gonna have a newcomers luncheon. We um, used to do newcomers about every three or four months and um, got kind of off schedule. So um, this is the first one we've had in about a year. Um, so it is gonna be on November. I think it's the eighth. Eighth, thanks Latasha. Mm -hmm. um, so people can sign up at the front desk or on the registration website. Um, we'll be having some sandwiches, I believe, and salad. So it'll be a good opportunity for new members to um, see the building, get acquainted with some other new people, and have some, some time to social, socialize with each other. It'd be great for our commissioners to show up to something like that as yes. well, to introduce themselves and meet some of our new folks and help them feel welcome and connected Question. here. Yes. Question, Natasha. Yes. Are we going to have name badges? Yes. We already talked about <laughs> Yes. We will make sure you all have some name badges, even if they're just a temporary get them on your shirt ones, you will have a name badge. <laughs> um, but we definitely would love for our commissioners um, to show up. I think we're also extending an invitation to our friends of the senior centers to come over as well, just to say hello if they're able to. Um, but we always want people to feel welcome that they can find a place here and find a program or an activity that they can do here at the senior center and so you know that welcoming piece is the smiling face so that's why we've created this program uh, because our front desk is limited and sometimes we might be in a room you know haggling with a computer <laughs> or, or you know doing something that we can't always get out in the hallways and, and greet people so we're excited for those new volunteer opportunities we've got a couple other new volunteer opportunities that will be rolling out in in 2024 as well because we always have people reach out and sometimes we we're limited but we want to create more opportunities for people to be social and, and connect and and some community engagement so that is a new program up and coming hope you all can join us on november 8th for the the luncheon and um maybe you want to volunteer that might be great um we have an upcoming program um called matter of balance we purchased a balance machine the only other balance machine in the area is at the university of iowa hospitals and clinics so this is a machine that you will be able to stand on and it will let you know what your risk is of falling um, that will be up and coming next year we can start taking appointments probably here soon, but I don't know the exact date of that. We've partnered with um, VNA Visiting Nurses Association. Um, I think it's called Iowa Community Cares now, which is a combination of hospice and VNA. And uh, we have someone that will be providing assessments, but we'll be uh, starting a program called Matter of Balance that will allow folks to be able to get not only the assessment, but some tools on how they can um, 
decrease their risk um, falls. So that's coming up for members. That's also a mem- that's a members opportunity. Another members opportunity is massage. So we have set up a massage um, area downstairs in our VNA suite. Um, so uh, members uh, will have the opportunity to have massages, and I believe they just rolled out this in our uh, November December uh, program guide. So you can call and make you an appointment and get you a massage here at the senior center now. So we have that available and also coming up probably we'll have a soft start this winter of extended hours. So our extended hours um, sometime in December, we don't know the exact start date because we're in the process of hiring. So if you know anyone who's interested in about 10, 15 hours of helping us with some nights and weekend hours, um, we have that um, out on a city website that people can apply. We're still waiting for more people to send in some applications. So if you know people, tell them to get their application in soon before that door closes. Um, and we will extend our hours to about 7.30. Um, and then also on a weekend, we'll have a, probably, a, I think it's like 9 to 1 and 12 to 5 on the weekend. So for Saturday and Sunday. Um Um, We have some other great programming that I wanted to make sure that I highlighted, um, and I can't remember who we're partnering with. Who's the Trimble Clefts with? I can't remember. I know I know who she is, but uh, we have a program for Parkinson's that is amazing, and um, um, I'm really hoping that it gets picked up by someone's newspaper because it's just doing really amazing work with music and Parkinson's, and that's happening here in our building, um, and it's a new partnership, and we want to see that go forward and also a new partnership was and it took a while for it to happen but we have a new partnership with Hancher um, and they were here last week um, with the Sphinx Virtuosi um, and, and and they came in and did a speak and uh, speak, a presentation and um, they also provided us with free tickets for those who attended to uh, see their um, presentation at Hancher which I will say I went and I don't think I'll ever sit on the front row again because the music it was intense it wasn't intense in a bad way but it was just so emotional I was like you know so it was just it was it was wonderful um and actually we felt really cool because my they played a song for my daughter at the end of their thing so she got to be all over Hancher uh, webpage this past weekend so um enjoyed that um our music programs for some reason I don't know it's just doubling like we used to have a small choir now we have a ginormous choir so um anybody else wants to sing come on over because obviously we're taking everybody who wants to sing so just really proud of a lot of the different things that are happening here um as for um also looking specifically at our affinity groups I try to report on those since they are new um our our um Queer Elders Group was meeting every other Wednesday, but now they're meeting every Wednesday. And in between, they are having movies um, specifically highlighting LGBTQIA folks um, and having discussion there and then having their standard meeting. And they said the room was so full the other day that we might have to think about getting a new space for them. Um, As for our um, uh, OMGers or the original mature groovers, um, they um, are still meeting, have a the big event in partnership with UI Stanley uh, Museum to be able to have the um, art being curated to have an art display from Africa to Black Iowans here for the month of February, as well as having the, uh, the gala, which is February 3rd from 7 to 10 here in this building. So dress up, be cute. There'll be prices for the tickets, but it's going to be a 
a good time and some good music and some good food. So um, that's happening and, and definitely open to other affinity groups that want to grow here and how we can support them um, and feeling included here in our space. Uh, we will make space for people um, as much as we possibly can. So, yes, that is my report. Thank you. You have so many new musicians. Um, yes. When is it time to do a full-scale musical? Um, you Angler? know, SSRO, it does. It is uh, currently practicing, and they will have a show, I believe, in December. Oh, my gosh. And so you have to come and check it out. It is our nineteen kind of 1940s radio show, but you could be here in person. And we've had that for many, 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 many years. Last year they did, uh, was it like, no, it was this summer they did The Wizard of Oz, which was hilarious and amazing. Amazing. Um, so I'm looking forward to what they have in store for us this December. So, um, yes, full fledged musical. I don't know. We have to talk to John Renard. He seems <laughs> to be the music master around here about what that would look like. So questions, comments. Who is um, coordinating the fundraising for the senior center right now? Oh, we have a development. We have a new development specialist. Uh, Heather Shane started with those. Gosh, a month ago, a month ago, everything's feel like it's kind of been compressed in the last couple of weeks. So she started about a month ago and is on top of that and, you know, learning quickly, learning quickly the, the different things. And so um, she's uh, helped us with our pickleball tournament. She kind of came in and had to go straight to the pickleball tournament, which did I report on that yet? It was very spectacular. It was amazing. Tons of people showed up. The news showed up. The mayor came to play pickleball. I mean, it was pretty impressive. I will say I was a little terrified because I was not, I was, I'm a, now this is a little stereotypical, but I saw a, a much older guy. I think he had to be take a dive and I was like oh my goodness and he just hopped back up like I was like yes yes oh, because he was serious about his game and wanting to win and I was like okay like I think even if my kid would have fell I would be like you all right you good you need a band-aid <laughs> but he he just kept on moving and so um it was a good time and it was a great partnership with the University of Iowa um some of their classes and, and getting that going so I think we end up raising about six thousand dollars for our first pickleball tournament so that's not bad at all awesome anybody else have any questions for Latasha before we move on Thank you so much for that. Sure. All right. We're going to move on to agenda item number six, commission discussion. Um, we've already talked a little bit with Latasha about the master plan, but we can talk amongst ourselves if you have anything else you'd like to comment on. I know it feels like it's slow going, but bidding processes and with the city government and planning ahead and, you know, engineering estimates and all that stuff, it takes a long time to get things done. So I appreciate Latasha pushing forward and making sure that we're prioritized here what's the mix of public dollars and <clears throat> fundraising dollars that we need to achieve to, to um for, for this phase for this phase there are um these are all public dollars that have been secured either through a bond or these are dollars that the city has set aside for our larger construction projects um so we do not need to do any fundraising for this first phase um, now, when we get into the interior and we start want to get some nice furniture and all that, there may be some opportunities to raise some funds. But right now, I'm feeling really confident. Um, we were given an amount. And my staff will tell you, I kind of kept going, well, how? 
how about this amount <laughs> and this and so far we're sitting really good <laughs> so I don't really feel pressured to do a lot of fundraising I think that might be something we look at next fall yeah this first project's not very fun to yeah, fundraise for nobody like, wants to ooh, fundraise for you know, masonry buy a brick stuff. or yeah. something that doesn't oh like my yeah brick but is furniture that, and kitchens and all that people yeah, that's not. like those what we call um uh, <laughs> In, in that world, they call those the sexy projects that people yeah. want to put their name on. Um, so when that comes down to it, that'll probably be a fall project. And we're probably looking at uh, a, a goal of about $500,000. You know, we should have, well, once she's got her, you know, claws into her job, the new person come talk to us about things that we can help with the fundraising and yeah. things she's doing that we can push yeah. to the community too and we haven't got that far and, no, and that no. also would be something the that we're going to specifically <laughs> have a consulting firm come in mm -hmm. and do that because our um, development specialist is only half time she's only 20 hours a week so that would be a lot to put on one person that's only 20 hours a week so uh, she'll be assisting an actual consulting firm in helping us do fundraising so um, but we haven't hired anyone yet. We haven't done any contracting for that because we're trying to get the exterior part going before we start trying to work on other bidding processes for the inside because it's only taken us four years just to, to get to the info session <laughs> of last week. So um, I'm going easy here. I don't want to press my luck. Any more questions? All right, the next item on the agenda is the city-owned lot on Lynn Street, and I believe someone else had brought this up as an agenda item. Mm -hmm. um, if you would like to comment. Uh, well, uh, I, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I brought it up because uh, uh, someone brought me and it seemed like uh, Good idea that senior center was interested in pursuing it. My, my, yeah. <laughs> only com I can I can comment. I don't have anything confirmed. The only comment I know is I know that that's something the city purchased. So that would be something that city council would be making a decision on what would be the utilization of that space. So they would be the people as you all are liaisons for us. They would be the folks that you all would need to. You can go to any of their specific meetings and ask about that. And that might be something that they put on their agenda to discuss later. But right now, I think they just kind of made a decision to purchase that and they didn't have an, an exact plan for it so um, if they turn it into something trust me I'm gonna find a way to use it okay just know that there will be something <laughs> um, but I don't know what that is right now but since it's so close and it's owned by the city I definitely will find a way to get some senior center programming um, over there given well, what it might be I'm not, uh, I don't know how the city uh, government works, but uh, would it be helpful to have them say everyone on the commission wants this? Oh, to like to like take a uh, like a vote or have more discussion yeah. about it being something. I I. 
I, I, I it would, could be possible, but I guess it would be what is it that you're asking the commission to take action on? Is it to take action on that the space that they create over there can also be utilized by the senior center? Well, then that's going to be a little bit that's going to be open because we don't know what it's being developed into. So that's that's the tricky part. If we knew it, if we say it was being developed into a ice skating rink, then we might be able to, you know, say we want to make sure the senior center programming is being able to be utilized in that space. But if it's going to be a building that is owned by the city or a space owned by the city, given that we're a city department, we would have access to be able to utilize it when it would be available for us to utilize. But I just don't know what it's being developed into is I guess what I'm saying. Oh, well, do you have uh, any clout to uh, uh, say? Oh, have say over what it will be? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not as a staff person, I know. <laughs> okay. Well, let's try that one. Well, that's why I said if, if you all have specific things or inquiries about that, that would be like a city council thing where they, but I don't even think that they've even brought it up under discussion about, it hasn't even come up for them to even discuss what it might be. And I'm pretty sure if they're going to develop it, it'll have to have public input. Uh, so. so maybe it would be helpful to encourage uh, people to write individual sure. letters and they wanted it to be useful. Is that amendable to you? Yeah, as public citizens, you can tell me. You can write as many letters as you want, and and tell them what you're. You can send suggestions. You can send emails. I mean, I'm saying that like if the actual senior center commission wants to say we want it to be developed for X, Y, and Z, then that would be a part of you all's discussion. That would be, have to be something you all vote on, and then then we would send it over there as a memo, and then when it came around to it getting on their agenda, they could discuss it. Just know that's a long process, <laughs> and two, that, that, not to deter you, but I'm just saying it won't be like tomorrow kind of a reaction. Uh-huh. Um, and that if that's something you all want to do, then as staff, my job is to support whatever what you all are saying. So I don't really have an opinion per se because I'm just a staff person in this in this in that situation because I don't I don't deal with that part of acquisition of land and all of that. Um well I, as I said I I think uh it's closeness to here. Oh yes of course. The idea of uh green space it's very appealing, uh, so I would ask that uh, the commission, uh, you know, jointly uh, uh, ask the city council to uh, to let this happen. Okay, I can see that, but that w- that would be y'all discussion. Yeah, I think maybe, Nancy, if you want to maybe do some looking into what the city council is thinking, you know, if they've discussed it, if you could take this as an opportunity to be like our um, researcher, maybe, 
um, and try to figure out where they're headed towards that if they have thoughts on it and then report back to us next meeting and we can discuss and maybe do our own research in the meantime as well. Maybe you're our representative to yeah. talk about this um, and then we can discuss pulling a letter together after we've all been able to kind of go away and, and think about it a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I realize uh, there are uh, choices what to do, but it seems like they ought to take into account what we think. Agreed. Awesome. Isn't there a fellow that has a campaign going to turn it into a park that's, I have heard, made a presentation here or posted things here? Mm -hmm. I you, do not. Does anybody? I haven't seen um, I, personal there knowledge. Is a, there, there, there is a person that would, had wrote kind of a letter recommending that that be a green space, and I talked to him, and I told him, Sure, you can talk to other people about it. I mean, it's a public it's a public building, so if someone wants to say that they want that, then I think that'd be great. And they were, what I explained is, since I'm a staff person here, I don't have a public statement about how city council uses that space. I don't have the. I'm trying. I'm trying not to get myself in. Y'all trying to get me in a situation. <laughs> I, I don't have the ability to specifically tell city council what they can and cannot do with that space. As respectfully as I can say that, I will. If you all want to make a suggestion to city council, I'm willing to help support that with a memo to them. But I personally as a staff person that works under them, under my boss, I can't say, yes, go over and make that a space for the senior center, if that makes sense. Like, if people want to talk about that, if people want to send a letter, if the commission wants to send a letter, I will support that. But I, I specifically, that's not something I can specifically yay or nay um, in that way, in regards to our department, because we are a department of the city, and that means we're under city council. So what they decide that they're going to do, we can highly recommend that you all go to public input sessions, that our folks go to public input sessions. But, you know, you, you know, I work here, so. And a lot of the times, development, what, what drives their decision making on what's gonna go there is their strategic plan. So if we haven't inserted, you know, the senior center needs more, needs more space on their, strategic plan it's not going to be something that they're going to go and put their claws in first so um, that usually informs them a lot of the times about what what their priorities are because it kind of lists them out um, so, so maybe I've, looking at that would be helpful i would second your motion or your emotion nancy to for <laughs> For, for us to look into the thing and you know not only I mean it's not senior center use per se but uh, but I'm thinking that if there's a citizen effort going to make it into a, a public space where that can enhance the culture and the and the relationships within the community uh, we might want to take a, a stand to say yeah that would be our preference as opposed to some another big apartment building 
or uh, it, it be, you know, some of the criticism I've heard about this is that, well, well, we already have enough green spaces. Well, what if we have enough green spaces? I don't know. Anyway, do we need more drinking spaces? Do we need more coffee spaces? What kind of spaces do we need? Anyhow, uh, I think it'd be good and since we're right across the street and since we have a, a group of people here that want to be engaged in the public sphere, that we should be, that we should be a, a conversation partner in the whole thing. I will say it's already been reported that the city is going to use it as a staging site for construction supplies as they do some downtown uh, development. And <clears throat> that's not, that's the initial use. So it, it has been under consideration. All right, so we'll go ahead and push this to the next month as well and we'll have a discussion further now that we have more information about this. Okay, so I'm gonna move on to the Johnson County Board of Supervisors presentation. So this is related to our block grant that we get from them from social services. Um, we need to go and approach them with a short little presentation, answer questions, talk about the good work we're doing here. Um, I have volunteered as chair to head this um, and Latasha and I were talking a little bit about dates and we're thinking towards the end of December. So we'll reach out to you when we hear from the Board of Supervisors as to a good meeting t date and time um, for that. So just watch your emails. Um, the next one is Commissioner's Report of Community Correspondence. So this is opportunities for us as individuals um, to bring things up to the group and realize we cannot have an actual conversation about the things we bring up, but it's our opportunity to mention things to the group that maybe we can discuss on the next agenda. And I brought, had brought and put in front of you um, the uh, Senior Center Commission bylaws, if you'll notice. Um, so heading into the winter, I always think about um, chair, and vice chair and secretary elections. And so we have to start thinking about that now. Um, since it's October, we're getting there. So if you'll notice on page two, it says under officers, the commission shall be governed by three, chairperson, vice chairperson, secretary. This group shall constitute the executive committee. So we have those in place. We have to have those in place in January every year. So the process is for the People whose terms are expiring in December, and that would be Nancy and Susan. So Nancy, you recall you had filled like a vacant term, so it's a partial term that you had filled this year. So you'll want to, if you want to keep going on the commission, you're gonna need to reapply to city council um, to be reinstated as a commissioner um, because your term ends at the end of the year. So you and Susan, um, if you'll notice then on page three, there's a box at the top, it says election. So officers are elected annual, annually at the d December meeting. Um, members whose terms are expiring at the end of the year still compose a nominations committee. So you and Susan get together and you will be nominating the people who will fill those positions uh, of chair, vice chair, and secretary. Um, so just know that you two have to kind of collaborate outside of this group and then propose your uh, suggestions um, for, um, yes, chair, vice chair. 
but just you guys go ahead and read over this. We can't talk about it now, but I'm just warning you that it's coming up because every year we scramble at the end <laughs> to try to, to, to figure it out. It would be nice if these terms were two years. So um, maybe that's something we can change in the bylaws at some point, but just throwing that out there. Um, so you, we can't have conversation about that, but if anybody else has anything else they would like to bring up during this time. I know that yes, we, I do. Oh, we wanted the VNA to come talk. I just don't want to forget that. So, okay. I plan to write a, a letter to the Iowa Utilities Board about residential solar grids. And I will be doing that as a private citizen. Okay. Yes, unless this group wanted to band together, but I don't. I don't know if that's within our purview. So, but yeah, go ahead and you can do anything you want as a private citizen. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. I don't live in Iowa City, so maybe my voice doesn't matter with those things here. Um, anything else you guys want to bring up? Okay, any future agenda items? Not anything at the moment? Okay. So we're, I'm going to go ahead and adjourn the meeting at 5.11 p.m. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Sarah. For, Thanks, nice to see you. Thank you, Angela. Thanks, yeah. Thank you. And Thank Angela. you, guys.